Welcome to yet another exciting edition of the Professional Plumber Podcast. My name is Willem Klopper and today is going to be another technically orientated discussion and as always for these technical orientated discussions I always run along with my co-host Mr. Richard Bailey. Richard, a warm welcome to you as well. Thanks very much Willem. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, please don't use run along <laughs> in the same sentence too often because I, I'm way too old to be running anywhere. Richard, it's going to be a lack of discussion today. Interestingly enough, um, you know, a, a podcast or two ago, we chatted about a very similar uh, subject or topic, um, and that is the importance of choosing and using the correct materials in water installations. Now, today we're specifically referring to metallic pipes in water installations, whereas in, if I'm not mistaken, in a previous podcast we talked about, or we spoke about the, uh, the plastic pipes used in, in uh, water systems or water installations. Is that correct? That's right. That's right, yeah. So, so we're going to we're gonna chat a little bit about metallic pipes. Metallic pipes. Funny enough, Richard, just before we started this recording off air, I said to you, um, do we refer to them as metallic pipes or metal pipes? And it was a, you know, it was, it was strange because, you know, metallic always sounds like a color or a, an undertone to a color that you find on a vehicle or something like that. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I think it's I think it's either or, you know. It, it really, but um, it's it's. Uh, I always think of it. Well, what it, it it they are pipes of a metallic nature. That's mm -hmm. what I. That's what my brain says to me. So, I suppose uh, sometimes I'm I'm wrong when it comes to choosing of words, but metallic will stick with it. It makes no difference. The fact is. We're going to share some valuable information with our listeners and our viewers out there. Um, to them, I want to say don't go away. Richard and I are going to cross over to a quick ad break, but we'll be right back right after this. Are you having questions about the Plumbing Industry Registration Board and the Plumbing Industry in South Africa? Well, then join us on the couch and in conversation with the industry experts to answer all your lingering questions about the plumbing industry. The PIRB remains committed to ensuring open and consistent communication within the plumbing industry. So, be part of the conversation. Send us your questions on email at communications at prrb.co.za or on WhatsApp on 079-833-6930. Become a part of the conversation today. Hashtag on the couch. Hashtag PIRB. Welcome back to this uh, exciting edition of the Professional Plumber Podcast with myself, Willem Klopper, and Richard Bailey. Today, in this episode, we are discussing the importance of choosing and using the correct materials for water installations, specifically referring to metallic pipes. Now, Richard, the mere fact that we are talking about it today means that as simple as it sounds that people should choose the correct materials and use the correct materials, the fact that we're talking about it today means that somewhere along the line as an auditor, you have picked up that 
plumbers make mistakes in this regard. Is that uh, do you often find mistakes? Yeah, no. As as with everything, Willem, it it um, it's very common, and um, uh, you know we we can go into a number of reasons or whatever the case may be. But the the fact is that there are very very often mistakes, um, and we we did I think touch on it uh, in the in the plastic pipe uh, vodcast where you know very often the the, the factors that creep in be, to to cause these oversights uh, are cost. Factors. It's economic factors. You know, things cost money, and um, one uses uh, fittings and pipes that are going to benefit one uh, financially. Um, sometimes it's ignorance, and again, I'll use that word. But again, I'll stress that it's used in the in, in, not in a derogatory way. Neutral, yeah, neutral way. It's 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 just means that you don't know, um, and 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 uh, that's it. So, but. But they are, and and Willem, I think you know, for purposes of this podcast, metallic pipes uh, again is quite a big, broad spectrum, but by far the most popular metallic metallic pipe, I feel, in a plumbing reticulation system these days is copper. Um, I, I fully acknowledge the use of uh, galvanized. Uh, but galvanized, I think, can be left out, not left out, but it, we could speak about it on its own uh, and, and not have to worry about, you know, it, there's a lot of content there, a lot of content there. So let's not talk about galvanized. So I'm going to focus on copper today is is what I thought we'd do, um, just to keep it simple. And, we, uh, you know, we'll. I don't know if you can gauge or judge the interest, but we could always expand on, on that and have a chat about galvanized at some point. It's one of the it's one of the things I cut my teeth on as an apprentice for many, many, many years. I did okay. galvanized pipe installations. I know <laughs> I know exactly what it's like to work with that. But anyway. So okay, so mistakes that commonly occur with um in this case copper pipes. I just want to say that the copper pipe and pipe, copper pipe systems and copper pipe fittings are, or the fittings for copper are, is what we call, what we term a generic fitting. It doesn't matter which manufacturer makes it. It only matters that it is made to a specific standard. So one manufacturer could make a, a capillary fitting and it could be used on another manufacturer's pipe. It doesn't matter that there are different manufacturers as long as the, the fitting complies and the pipe complies. So both capillary or solder type fittings, as well as compression or cone, I'm not going to use a, 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 a trade name, but compression fitting is where you've got that mechanical um, ferrule being squeezed onto the pipe. We all know it as a, as a compression fitting. And then, of course, threading, threads, not the threading the pipe, but you you get uh, both capillary and cap compression fittings that incorporate threads on the other side, and that then can be joined to another type of piping system. So that's generic fittings. So it's not as vital in copper pipe uh, installations as it is in plastic pipe to make sure that you use the same manufacturer's fittings. So so that having been said. Still, some mistakes are, be, are, are made with via jointing. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, I could I could name a dozen instances where copper pipes have been 
flared um, uh, incorrectly have been cut and crimped and then uh, brazed into other things and so on and so forth. So make sure that the joints you are making are uh, designed to be made with that type of, of, pipe, of piping system. I'll give you an example. In the city of Cape Town, brazing of copper pipes is not allowed for the simple reason that um, uh, not the joint itself, the joint is absolutely spot on, but the br the action of brazing means that you've heated the copper up very hot, usually to a cherry red, which anneals it and it softens the copper. And so the city of Cape Town have drawn a line and they said, you don't braze in this, in this town because we don't want soft copper. We can get into that at another time. Another mistake often made is a, a, a small, a low class of copper, Not, don't get me wrong, there's class zero, class one, and class two, class three. So a, a lower class in terms of class zero copper being bent, it should never be bent. And we come across instances where a class zero copper is, is annealed, softened, mm -hmm. so that it can be bent. And that's non-compliant. If you look at all the manufacturers, they'll say don't bend class naught copper. So incorrect bending. And then lack of protection. Um, uh, copper, like any other, it's very resistant to corrosion, but it's not bulletproof. You need to protect it under cer certain circumstances, which we'll get into in a minute. And then lastly, uh, fix fixation or supporting. Um, and again, we'll I'll refer you back to the standards to say, well, if you want to find out what the minimum requirement is for supporting copper pipes uh, above ground, have a look at the standards. Exactly. That was my next question. So certainly, as with anything else, Richard, certainly the use of the the use and the choosing of correct uh, metallic piping for water installations, surely it's governed. Certainly now you refer to Cape Town itself. Um, it sounds like they have a bylaw that regulates the uh, the brazing of copper piping, uh, 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 and and surely there are other regulations or at least standards or requirements according to which plumbers should uh, choose and use uh, met metallic piping in water installations. Yeah, very much so. I mean, um, you could look at uh, there's a there's annexes to to the standards, and you could really go into detail and discuss the type of solder that you must use, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not, I'm not, we're not going to do that here um, because, you know, for example, lead-free solder. We, we don't use lead solder anymore for obvious reasons. You know, we used to use solder with lead in it. Uh, I think, I, I'm not, I'm not sure, but it might have even been when I was an apprentice, the, the solder we used had lead in it. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I mean, for obvious reasons, uh, you can't do that, so so that that is a a, a a requirement. But and and this all resides in the standards. Um, but in terms of the installation and the choice of materials, etc., most of that resides in SANS one hundred two five two stroke one, and the annexes uh, annex A down to J or something like that, and and those um, and most of it lies there. And if you you really want to drill down. You could look at the normative references. Your all the normative references. You could look at the uh, SANS 460 for copper pipes, etc., etc., etc. So there's dozens of standards that that one can reference when when deciding what to do. Mm. 
I, like we've said, we, I want to try and focus on copper. So I just want to run through the classes of copper, if you don't mind, Willem, sure. uh, because this is also quite a common mistake made. Uh, I don't know how well everybody understands the classes of copper, and I certainly didn't do so for a big part of my career. Um, so class zero is, uh, by the way, it's class zero, class one, class two, and class three. Um, there are other classes, so there are other types of copper, for example, medical uh, copper and medical high pressure. Don't ask me the details about it. I'm not sure the differences, but we're going to focus on those four distinct classes here. And class three is not very common in terms of what you'll find on the shelves. It's incredibly expensive stuff, but we will see what it's there for. So class zero is only for above ground. Uh, and and nothing else. It may not be below ground and under any circumstances. It may not be bent under any circumstances. And it is highly recommended by the manufacturers that you use capillary fittings only. Although they, if if pressed, I've spoken to uh, manufacturers and they'll say you can use comp compression fittings, but highly recommended that you use capillary fittings. That's solder fittings. So. That's class naught. So it's above ground, water reticulation, no bending, and solder fittings. Then class one is above ground as well. It's not for below ground use. And you can bend it only with a bender with a former on the outside as well as the inside. So you've got a bender with a double former, and they specific on that that you cannot use, for example, a spring to bend class one copper with. And class one, you can use compression fittings and you can use capillary fittings or solder fittings. Then class two, you can use above ground and below ground. But if you use it below ground, you must make sure that the soil is not of an aggressive type. So non-aggressive, in other words, a neutral soil, not an acidic or alkali soil. That you can bend with a bender or a spring. Uh, they're happy that you use either one for class two. Class three is for below ground only. Yes, of course, you can use it above ground, but it's overkill for, for above ground in terms of what you're paying for it. If you want to use below ground uh, copper in in uh, perhaps questionable soil conditions, class three is the one that you need to, to, to use. And they recommend that you only bend it with a bender. Because the wall of the copper is so thick, your normal bending spring is going to be very tight in there, and you probably won't get it out when once you've bent it. So only use a bender with class three copper. And that is specifically designed for underground use. Richard, I think there's a, there's a lot that we can say um, still about, and I still have a couple of questions regarding using and choosing the correct metallic piping for water installations. Uh, but I think for our listeners and our viewers out there, let's just cross over to another quick ad break. Please don't go away because Richard and I will be back right after this.
not knowing anything about electricity can be shockingly scary, <laughs> especially when your work is affected by it. Apex Electrical Consulting's accredited trainer presents a practical and safety guide to geezer replacements course to help you become a safer installer in your own field of expertise. Visit www.iopsatraining.co.za to book your online course today, now at a 10% discount. Offer valid 10 to 23 April 2023. Welcome back to this lacquer technically orientated discussion on another exciting edition of the Professional Plumber Podcast with myself, Willem Klopper, and Mr. Richard Bailey. Now, just before we went into the ad, we discussed... Uh, the importance of choosing and using the correct materials for water installations, specifically looking at uh, metallic pipe or metallic piping in water installations. We looked at the fact that people often do make mistakes. Richard said that as a, uh, a, a, an auditor in the plumbing industry, he often finds that people make mistakes with it. Uh, and we also looked at what the standards says of specifically copper piping and how to choose copper piping and the different classes of copper piping. Uh, Richard, I can't, I can't even remember off by heart just now. You mentioned, I think it was four different classes of copper piping. But we, we, we spoke about copper piping, Richard. Surely there are other, we, I know for a fact, galvanized piping. Are there other metallic type of piping that can be used in water installations? No, very much so, Willem. And, and 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 to be brutally honest with you, you know, they, they each each of them warrant their own time. And hence why I've decided to focus on copper being the most common. I think probably the most common, most people would agree. But yeah, you mentioned galvanized. Uh black iron is uh, for some uh, uh, typical fire installation. Um uh, stainless steel, very, very popular type of piping. Um uh, those are the off the top of my head, but I mean, galvanized is is something that I I know I I, I cut my teeth on it. I, I, I worked galvanized piping many many years, so it's very close to my heart. Um, but uh, yeah, there's too much detail. There's too much content to go into for this podcast, Willem. Richard, what I wanted to say a little earlier is that it's very interesting. You know, as a consumer, I I honestly didn't know about the different classes of even copper pipe, you know, let alone the different other types of metallic pipes that can be used. And I can quickly just, I, I have to just chuck this in very quickly. I can guarantee you that the, the plumbers who stand on the side of the road and hold up a little sign saying, I'm a plumber, uh, many of those have no clue that there are different classes. And for that reason, you know, they... <laughs> Chances of using a plumber like that for the Mr. and Mrs. Jones out there, the consumers, chances of using a plumber like that because you think that their fees are less than the qualified licensed plumbers out there, you know, chances that they're going to use the incorrect materials, very big, very big. But listen, Richard, saying that, let's just give our audience, whether they are installers, plumbers themselves, or Mr. and Mrs. Jones out there, let's just give them a quick uh, sort of overview of some of the consequences of choosing i mean you you you, uh, you spoke about the different using connecting the two different pipes or the two different metallic metallics to each other and that putting a current through it and electrolysis how, what did you call it 
Electrolysis, yeah. Electrolysis, that was one consequence that can go wrong. But what are some of the others, Richard? You know, it's 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 all the normal stuff. Um, weakening of the actual pipe itself, where we spoke about uh, annealing pipe by mm. means of heating and bending copper that is not supposed to be bent, like hard-drawn copper, i.e. class naught. If you bend it, you weaken it. And if you anneal it, you weaken it. And of course, if you weaken it, you you increase the chances of leaking and failure. Corrosion is is always there. I know we're talking about copper, but we've just spoken about um, uh, uh, external. Uh, well, actually, we haven't yet. But corrosion, uh, copper can be corroded by by a, by a number of means, whether they external influences from the soil they are in contact with to the. Uh, 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 the cement that they are in contact with, which, by the way, they shouldn't be, and we'll get to that. Um, hence why the differing uh, uh, recommendations for which copper pipes should be buried underground and which shouldn't, uh, they do, in fact, corrode. Um, in Cape Town, we have a particular problem in, in a number of areas whereby the, the, the copper seems to corrode from the inside out and it, it, we call it pitting or, or um, pinholes, and they, they form very, very small, literally pinholes in the copper, but from the inside out. And mm. it's a chemical process, and we're not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what causes it exactly. But so choosing the incorrect material can cause corrosion. And, of course, corrosion means leaks. So leaks not only from corrosion and damage, but also from the joints, that could be um, compromised, whether the joints are incorrectly made, whether the joints are uh, under pressure in terms of uh, being mechanically manipulated, being stressed because you haven't fastened the, the piping properly. We, again, we come back to supporting of the pipework. And um, heat damage, if you, if, for example, if you try and solder uh, or assemble a copper tube assembly and you are using solder fittings, capillary fittings, and it's very close to uh, a, a sensitive valve. Mm. Um, very often you make the mistake of using a capillary fitting at the valve. You try and heat it up enough to get the solder to take. In the meantime, you're damaging the valve uh, of whatever description that is. So that is something that we often come across. So heat damage is not for the copper, but for the valve that is next to it. And then general non-compliance villain. Again, we talk about the fact is that it's not going to be compliant. So that circles back around and it sits on your plate as the installer. You need to answer for it. If a manufacturer gets wind of uh, a bunch of irregular practices being used in an installation, that system is not warranted. There's no warranty on that stuff. So you then now you are liable. So general non-compliance amongst a bunch of other stuff. We didn't mention water hammer. Water hammer is a, is another thing. You know, if you if you've chosen a pipework uh, layout that is too small and not fastened properly, you're going to experience water hammer. Mm -hmm. So these are the things that can go wrong. Richard, we are drawing to a close. We're running out of time for this specific episode. But I do have one last question for you. And I think that we should just make it very, very brief, if we can, uh, for, for the purposes of running out of time. 
Richard, some of the things, what care, what care can be taken by plumbers and installers when they are choosing and using materials, specifically metallic pipes for water installations? Just very briefly, please. Well, you've got to know what you're in for. You've got to know what you're going to expose the system to, and you've got to know what you expect from the system. So you've got to know the, 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 the circumstances or the expected conditions, and you want, need to know what you want from the system, the flow rates, the this, the that. Now you can choose the stuff accordingly. Keep copper pipes away from cement. Wrap the copper pipes when you've uh, installed them in a wall. Wrap them up with, uh, with very, very thin-walled lagging or paper. Um, you can get paper over the over the counter, properly uh, designed exactly for that to wrap copper pipes. And again, check compliance to SABS, to SA Watermark, to SANAS. Check compliance. See that the pipes, the fittings, the stuff that you're using is compliant. And then, as I said, in the plastic pipes thing, often you come across uh, uh, funny-looking shutoff valves. We often find shutoff valves that are nowhere close to being compliant. Just make sure that whenever you use shuttle valves in systems, uh, that they are compliant. And that's it, Willem. Richard, once again, um, you know, I want to thank you for your time, your effort, and the valuable information that you share with us on these technical discussions that we have on these podcast podcasts. Um, I do know that it takes a chunk out of your day to record these, but I want to thank you for that. Uh, it's only a pleasure, as always. Thanks for having me back. And then lastly, to our listeners and our viewers, don't go away yet because right after this, we will be bringing you some interesting industry announcements. So don't go away. Stay tuned for those. From Richard and myself, we will say goodbye and we'll see you again next time. The BIRB's National Roadshow is in full swing. Be sure to visit representatives of the PRB today, the 19th of April, at Buco in Kimberley, and then again tomorrow at Berlesal in Bloemfontein. See you there. Don't miss out on the Plumbers Evening tomorrow, the 20th of April, from 6pm to 8pm at Builders Warehouse in Midrand, Gauteng. There are only four months left till our annual Champions for Charity event and the sponsorships are being swooped up. Don't miss your opportunity to be part of this fantastic charity event. To become one of the sponsors or to buy your ticket for the event, visit www.championsforcharity.co.za and follow the prompts. Remember that you can book advertising space on any of the PRRB's video productions. For more information, contact us via email at marketing at pirb.co.za or via telephone at 0861-747-275.